This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. It is Friday, April the 7th. I was going to say August for a second. I don't know why August is in my head, but it is not August, thankfully. I mean, August would be great, great weather, but we're just getting to the good weather. By August, the good weather is almost behind us. So it is only April. It is April the 7th. It is 2023. It is a TGIF Friday, baby, edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull as part of the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. A lot to get to today. Coming up later, I've got some thoughts on the Masters that will be unlike any thoughts You have heard from anyone about the Masters. Nobody will hit you with Masters talk like I will in this show. I can guarantee that. Uh, Some odds and ends on baseball, plus Cam Newton and the remaining NFL free agents. What's still out there with three weeks to go? Exactly three weeks, or actually less than that. 20 days to go till the start of the NFL draft. That's all coming up in this edition of the bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. But first, we begin with havoc in the city of Baltimore. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens, a bastion of success for many, many years since stealing the team from Cleveland back in 1996. Although they didn't get to keep the Browns' name and and history, they took all their good players, and the Browns have sucked ever since. But the Ravens, since joining the NFL, what's now almost 30 years ago, have been a model franchise. And maybe they still are. Or maybe they will be once again. But right now, it appears that the Baltimore Ravens are a complete mess. They drafted Lamar Jackson with the 32nd pick of the first round of the NFL draft five years ago. Lamar Jackson, they tailored the offense around him. And Lamar Jackson had success. He made the playoffs. He won a ton of games. He won an MVP. Yes, there's been some inconsistency. He's missed time due to injury the last couple of years. He's missed the end of the season. His play has been up and down the last couple of seasons. But overall, in his time in Baltimore, he has played at a mostly high level. At the very least, a top 10 level quarterback. He has been their entire offense. The Ravens have not really addressed their skill positions. They traded their best wide receiver, Marquise Brown, as a good, not great wide receiver. 
They drafted Rashad Bateman, who I like and is talented, but he's not been able to stay on the field. The rest of the wide receiving core is basically useless. They obviously have a very good tight end in Mark Andrews. Their running game, besides Lamar, has been good at times because of Lamar. J.K. Dobbins is a nice back, but to this point, he hasn't proven to be special. And again, he's dealt with injuries. The Ravens have dealt with a ton of injuries. Offensively, they live and die with one player. And they've managed to tick off that one player. The way the situation has been handled uh, has not been good. And so Lamar Jackson wants out. The Ravens allegedly don't want him out. They've placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. No team has at least publicly showed interest in him, although I think that could very well change in three weeks after the draft. Because remember, if some team did sign him to an offer sheet, you'd have to give up two first-round picks in order to sign him if the Ravens didn't match. And for a lot of the teams that would be interested, the bad teams that might be interested, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Carolina, teams that are drafting high don't want to give up a top 10 pick. But if you wait and offer him a a contract after the draft, well, then the first round pick is into the 2024 draft. And in theory, with Lamar Jackson, you'd be drafting a lot lower. And so it'd be less punitive. We'll see. Will the Ravens end up trading him? Will the Ravens end up matching an offer? Will he not get an offer from anyone else? Because because for whatever crazy reason, I don't know. Because the league is colluding, because they're trying to send a message, whatever that may be. Right now, the situation feels crazy and very unique. We've seen other quarterbacks be frustrated, hold out, look to be traded. But a guy that's been seen the highs of the high, the high of the highs, and for them not to be able to fig- figure it out, it's, it's pretty stunning. Well, today, as this situation has been a mess now for weeks, the Ravens have you know, said all the right things publicly. Lamar's been ticked off. It's looked bad, right? There's a lot of drama. We're not used to this with the Ravens. Except with Ray Lewis off the field, which you know gets brushed under the rug because it's the Ravens by the, by the NFL hierarchy. That's another story for another day. The uh, Yesterday, the Ravens are holding a press conference about the, NF- the upcoming NFL draft. And not surprisingly, there are members of the media that want to ask questions about Lamar Jackson. I mean, is that really surprising? The media doesn't get a chance to talk with the head coach and the general manager or the owner. I can't remember if the owner was there. Very often in the offseason. I mean, you don't get to talk to the GM much at all. But even the coach, in the offseason, you don't get to talk to the coach. Probably this is the first time the member that I can remember. Now, maybe they, you know, sometimes teams will hold big press conferences for free agent signings, but the Ravens haven't signed any significant free agents this offseason. So off the top of my head, I think this is the first time the Baltimore media, and to some degree whether you know some national media was there, probably was, has had a chance to speak to Harbaugh the entire offseason. And the entire offseason for the Baltimore Ravens, there's only been one story, 
And that story is Lamar Jackson. So when the reporters today or yesterday had a chance, actually it was Wednesday, come to think of it, uh, the reporters had a chance to talk to Lamar Jackson or talk to Harbaugh and the rest of the Baltimore staff about Lamar Jackson, they obviously took that chance and, and asked. But the Ravens refused to answer any questions about Lamar Jackson to the point they got so annoyed that they kicked one media member out of the press conference. This is ridiculous. Now, as a member of the media for 25 years, roughly, I don't make excuses when media... Like, I'm not some media member apologist. There are members of the media who don't do a good job, who are out to get people, who are have their agenda, and that's what they're going with. But I honestly believe, from my own experience and from people I know in the business, mostly sports people, but even I know a few people that are news reporters, most of the people, I, I would say 99% of the people I know, 98%, are just trying to get answers to questions, just trying to tell an honest story and not trying to swing something one way or the other or have an agenda out to get somebody. There are definitely people like that, 100%, and I know a couple of them. But by and large, especially in sports media, because we'll leave news media because that'll take us down a whole other road that we don't want to go. Half half the people get mad no matter what I say. So I don't want to do that. But in the sports realm of the people I've been around in sports media for 25 years in New York, in upstate New York, and in Cleveland, and and a sprinkling of, of national conversation, most of the people are looking for an honest story and are often unfairly accused of misquoting or spinning or agendas. You know, when the team is bad, often here in Cleveland, I've been accused and my fellow Cleveland media members have been accused of being negative about the Browns. Well, if you're giving an honest opinion about the Cleveland Browns, for and I've been covering the Browns since 2011, what are the conclusion? Like, of course I'm going to sound negative because for the most part, the team's been awful. They've only been over 500 one time. My entire time covering this team, they've been to the playoffs one time. They've won one playoff game. They've made dozens and dozens of stupid decisions. That's being generous. So, of course, it's going to sound negative. That doesn't mean I have a negative agenda or I'm out to get anybody on the Browns. I've never done that. But people think that way because they don't know you personally or because they're sensitive about their their own team. We're all when, whenever I hear uh, fans say an announcer is biased. Right. Uh, Joe Buck. Uh, who's a great play by play guy. I, I, I'm, I'm, I got a beef with Joe Buck because I heard him on with Howard Stern once and he was making fun of guys who do sports talk radio and clumping us all together. And I thought it was I, I thought it was. It just ticked me off because I thought it was unfair. Um, 
and I hate when people do that, generalize about everybody as if they're all the same. And Joe Buck did that. Now, maybe he was half kidding. I don't know. But I didn't like that. But whether I, by the way, if I like you or not, it doesn't matter. I will give an honest opinion on you. I don't care. Even if I hate your guts, I will give an honest opinion. So not that I hate Joe Buck's guts, but he rubbed me the wrong way with that, so I don't care for him. And yet, he's a great play-by-play guy. There's no denying that. He's one of the best in the business. And every time he does a game, fans scream and yell that he's rooting for for this team or that team. He's not rooting for any team. I say this to fans all the time. The announcer is not biased. Now, the local announcers are, sure. But you know that going in. These national announcers, by and large, I'm not saying it never happens, but by and large, the national announcers, they are not biased. You are biased. So if I call something down the middle, and I'm used to my hometown broadcaster being a homer. Well, when I hear a neutral broadcast, it's going to sound biased to me like you're rooting against my team. And that's just not the case. So as we bring it back around, um, the Ravens were way out of line kicking this guy out of the press conference. Asking questions about Lamar Jackson were completely appropriate for that situation since it was their first time to have that opportunity. The Ravens have screwed the pooch on this situation without a doubt. They've handled it poorly, and now it's a mess. And since I don't really care for the Ravens, I'm kind of happy about it. I hope. Because without Lamar Jackson, I think they're a five-win team. How will they score? Their, Their offense without Lamar Jackson is the worst in the league. Worst in the league. I, I don't see how you could have anything worse. You'd have nothing at quarter. I would guess Tyler Huntley would be their quarterback, although technically he's not on the team either. He's a restricted free agent right now. My assumption is they would re-sign him if somehow they don't end up with Lamar Jackson. You have him at quarterback. He stinks. Average running backs, good tight end, and nothing at wide receiver. Good luck. Now, the defense is good, but you can't – this is not, uh, you know, the 85 Bears here. You can't win just running the ball and playing defense. can't win that way. There's no special defenses anymore. There's good ones. Everybody thought the Eagles' defense was great last year. How to look in the Super Bowl? Not great. only reason they were in that game is because their offense was great. Defense wasn't great. Nobody plays that. There's no more 85 Bears, those Giants teams of the 80s, the – the 90s with the Cowboys and the Niners and certainly the Ravens of the 2000s. Like, those were special, special teams. 85 Bears is the best defense I've ever seen in my life. I think the numbers will say that Ravens team was better, but, you know, uh, those Giants teams with Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks and Harry Carson, I mean, amazing. Never going to see anything like that again. The game is too offensive heavy. The rules all favor the offense. We'll never see that again. Can't win that way anymore. Can't win on. Can't win with defense and a crappy offense. Can't win with Trent Dilfer at quarterback or Jeff Jeff Hostetler or Brad Johnson. Can't win with those guys anymore. Got to have a top quarterback. There may be an exception here or there, but for the most part, you have to have a big time quarterback. And so the Ravens ain't going to win squat. One guy that was a big-time quarterback a number of years ago is Cam Newton. Now, is Cam Newton, who is constantly talking about he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league, is he one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league? No, not anymore. I mean, 
Could, could he be 30th or 32nd? I guess that's possible. But when you're 33 years old, have been a starter your whole career, haven't played well in five years, why even if you're even if you're maybe better than one or two starters in the league, maybe. I'm not even sure. I don't even think that's the case, but let's say he is better than a couple of the bottom tier starters. What is the point of me trying to go forward with you as the starter? Because even if you are a little better than the guy I have, it's not going to be good enough. When we last saw Cam Newton in New England, he was terrible. Some guys just go off a cliff. Not everybody's Tom Brady. Not everybody's LeBron James. Most players go off the cliff. Cam Newton's gone off the cliff. I saw some uh, media member in Carolina like defending him and saying, he's been willing to be a backup. First of all, when a guy's a career starter and a first-round pick, it's hard to change that mindset. And that's why a lot of these guys that are those high picks that eventually they flame out, they can't last in the league. Most of you, like, I think it's going to be the same thing with Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, a lot of these other first-round picks that were busts. You have to adjust to being a backup. Most of the career backups were not first-round picks at the end of their career. They're guys who were mid-round picks that are smart guys, that are that are good, good like, in the locker room, like Jacoby Brissett, like Andy Dalton's become, Teddy Bridgewater. These are team guys. I don't know that Cam Newton's that guy. Uh, I don't want Cam Newton on my team. I'm not interested. He's not good enough to be a starter. And, again, I saw somebody, I don't remember who it was, but there was some media member in Carolina was like, Cam is, is okay being a starter. What choice, a backup, what choice does he have? Nobody wants him to start. He wasn't even in the league last year. Because he's not good enough. I don't get the, I don't get the obsession with some of these washed-up players. I've talked about it with Odell Beckham. Now, Odell Beckham may not be washed-up, maybe. Maybe he's got one or two good years left in the tank. You know, last time we saw him on the field, the Ram, he was playing, you know, pretty well for the Rams, but he's getting up there too. We've been talking about his free agency since November. For five months, we've been talking about Odell Beckham. There was a report the other day he wants 15 million. Why on earth would anybody pay Odell Beckham 15 million? 15 million? I don't know if he can stay on the field. Speaking of NFL free agents, I was looking at some of the best offensive free agents remaining out there. Uh, As much as I am not on the Odell bandwagon, he's probably the best wide receiver still out there, I guess. At least potentially. Again, I don't know what he's got left, but what are the other options? At wide receiver, you got Jarvis Landry. He's washed. You got Julio Jones. He's washed up. Olamide Zacchaeus? Who used to be with the Falcons? I don't know. Two interesting running backs. Um, guys who are past their prime, but I still think could, could in the right situation, uh, be, be helpful to a team. That's Ezekiel Elliott and Kareem Hunt. One guy played his college ball in Ohio, Zeke Elliott. One guy played his high school ball in Ohio. Actually, had his college ball, Kareem Hunt. He played high school in, in Cleveland and played uh, college ball in Toledo. But uh, I listen. I they've both lost a step. Clearly, uh, everybody knows Ezekiel Elliott's lost a step. You've seen it. He's been hurt. Kareem Hunt, maybe you haven't seen as much. I I see him all the time being here in Cleveland. He's not the same player he was in Kansas City. 
Uh, but they still got some. These guys can help teams. Now, they both may, they're obviously not being offered any kind of legitimate money or they would have signed. The only other interesting veteran free agent out there running back is Leonard Fournette. Now, see, I think he is done. I would be much more interested in Zeke and Kareem Hunt than I would be in uh, Leonard Fournette. I still think those guys can help a team. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they end up. I know Zeke Elliott's been connected to the Bengals. I don't see it. I don't know why the Bengals haven't cut Joe Mixon. I would. If I'm the Bengals, I'm going young, cheap player at running back. I'm drafting a guy. I'm paying T. Higgins. I'm extending Joe Burrow and T. Higgins this year, and I'm extending Jamar Chase next year. Um, in terms of quarterback, I mentioned Carson Wentz is still out there. That guy's a disaster. Is there a softer player than Carson Wentz? I don't think that's possible. Guy's got talent, but he is, he, I mean, he's hes a choker. He, he's, he looks like he's scared when he's out there. He throws the makes the worst mistakes I've ever seen from a quarterback. I'm a little surprised that Teddy Bridgewater's still out there. Matt Ryan, too. He's obviously finished. But Teddy Bridgewater, you know, still young enough as a backup. I'd be, love to have Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. I'm surprised nobody has uh, brought him in. Some of these teams um, to be a backup. I mean, he's one of the best backups out there. So that that was a little surprising that he was uh, still available, but he remains out on the market as of now. But th- the reality is that at this point, anybody that's really going to make an impact or a huge impact is off the board. But I, like I said, I do think Zeke Elliott and Kareem Hunt and maybe Odell, if he can stay healthy, but I, I, I can make can can definitely make an impact. I don't think any of them make a massive impact as they may have had five years ago. But I think there's still enough in the tank, especially with Hunt and especially with Zeke. And and again, barring injury for Odell, but he's had so many injuries, it's hard to believe in him. I do think uh, those guys can certainly help teams. We may just at this point be waiting till training camp, uh, certainly till after the draft. I, I'd be surprised if Ezekiel Elliott or Kareem Hunt signed with anybody before the draft. I think those those guys and some teams out there may be waiting to see where some of the top running backs in this draft end up and then saying, okay, well, we still need a running back. Let's, let's go after Zeke or Hunt. The same thing for them. Okay, well, I was interested in team A, B, and C. Well, team A and B drafted running backs high. Let me go to team C. That's a situation with, uh, you know, both those guys. Um, And we'll see how that all ends up. I told you before that I was going to have a take on the Masters unlike any you've heard from anyone. Um, I'm about to bring you insight on the 2023 Masters that, frankly, no other person can do, probably on the entire planet. Um, The way I will break it down, the way I will dive into the minds of these incredible golfers will shock and amaze you. And I'll begin right now by letting you know that I don't give a rat's ass about the Masters. The obsession with golf 
to me, is mind-blowing. So my only talk about golf will be to tell you how much I hate it. I, and, and of all the events I hate the most is the Masters. Because first of all, golf is a snooty sport. It's a snooty rich guy sport. And I'm not a rich guy. So bleep them. I mean, I do okay for myself. But, I, you know, look at these guys at the man. Look at this guy. What I brought up, <laughs> I, I was clicking on an article on ESPN. And it brought up a picture of the guy who is, um, I don't know what his title is at the Masters. It's like the chairman of the Masters. And he's got this, like, absurd puffy hair that only these old, rich, entitled guys have. His His name was probably like, I don't know. I'm thinking of old girl names like Buffy and Muffy and uh, maybe his name was Dexter or Walter. Or, I, I don't know. Uh, is Walter a snobby name? I just find golf so snobby. You gotta be all these sports, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, every other sport, the crowd is screaming, they're yelling, they're going bananas. Golf, you got to be quiet all the time. These guys are wearing their dopey clothes with the dopey hats, the dopey officials with the dopey green jackets, with their pimento sandwiches. They didn't let women in there forever. They didn't let anybody in there. It's so obnoxious. So I don't care who wins. Somebody asked me today for top three finishers. I said Tiger, John Daly, and Happy Gilmore. The best thing about golf is Happy Gilmore. Everything else sucks. I don't care who wins. I'm not giving you a pick. I don't give a shit. And I might be ticking you off. So pick your, your, your Scott Schefflers and your Jason Days and your Brett Kepkas and stick them when the sun don't shine. All of them look the same to me. Bunch of snoots. I mean, who can sit... I, I really feel like guys just go out and play golf so they can get away from their wives for, for the day. I mean, is that it? Who can sit and play? I remember a few years ago, and I've, I've almost never played golf because I find it boring. I, I It's just I suck at it. I'll play mini golf. That can be fun. But a couple of years ago, maybe before COVID, like four or five years ago, some guys – there were fans of mine here in Cleveland from the radio station. They were like, come play golf with us. And I'm like, guys, I hate, I, I, I'd love to hang out with you. I don't want to play golf. I suck at golf. I hate golf. They're like, come on. We'll just have some fun. We'll have some drinks with it. All right. They, they wore me down. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go play golf. I think I was three holes in. We've been playing for about an hour and a half. I had taken about 114 shots. And I said, F this. I'm going home. Everything hurt. I'm not in great shape, to be honest, but everything hurt because I'm using muscles I've never used. And I get it. Oh, you hate golf and you think uh, you're, a, you, you're being a jerk and you, you don't just don't know how to play. I don't want to know how to play. I don't care. I don't care about the Masters. Go enjoy it. Do whatever you want. 
I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that some people in the media love to pretend they're experts on every sport that they know everything about everything. I don't know golf. I don't care about golf. You want to hear about golf? Listen to somebody else. I don't give a crap. There's your insight and analysis on the Masters. I should just pick some random dude. And and then I could end up being a genius if I get it right. How did Tiger Woods do? That's the the only actually the only time I ever watched golf was when Tiger was good. I would watch it every once in a while at the end, but I couldn't sit through a whole event. It was boring. It's bad enough somebody playing golf for four hours or six hours, ever the hell long it takes to play eighteen holes. But I can't imagine sitting and watching it day after day. And I have a lot of friends who like it, so I'm ripping some of my old my own for pals. But my God, is it boring? To baseball now, where San Diego Padres uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is uh, rehab. Re- well, I say rehabbing in the minors. He's uh, as part of his suspension. He was suspended, obviously. I think eighty-two games or whatever it was for PEDs. Uh, eighty games for PEDs. He's almost ready. He gets. He's eligible to come back uh, April twentieth. So two weeks from today, he can return to the Padres. So he is now allowed to play in the minors. And today, was it today, uh, yesterday, I think? Yesterday, yeah. He, um, he hit a home run off a minor league pitcher by the name of Cade McClure. Cade McClure is a, um, a journeyman pitcher who's been in the minor leagues for a while. He was uh, with the White Sox organization for a number of years. Uh, he's pitching for the the Giants AAA team in Sacramento. And Tatis hit a home run yesterday, or Wednesday. It was Wednesday, sorry. Um, in his second minor league game with El, pa- El Paso. Uh, he's, he's booed as he's rounding the bases fine. You want to boo the step? Like, I'm kind of over steroids. To me, if you take steroids, um, there's a lot of guys who do it. My my thought on steroids has always been the league did nothing to prevent it for years. The guys who took steroids like Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and Palmero and Clemens and those guys, they were stars. Everybody loved them. It was the most popular time ever for baseball. Did it ruin the record book? Sure. Is that disappointing? Yes. Should those guys have higher standards to get into the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. But in the end, it's a museum, not a a house of worship. Those guys should all be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And, like, you want to treat Fernando Tatis Jr. like he's public enemy number one? Do your thing. But after he gave up a home run, there was a highlight of it. And this pitcher, Cade McClure, who nobody ever heard of before today, responds to it and says he's a cheater who is playing because of a steroid suspension. Well, I better hope you got nothing in your uh, closet there, Cade McClure. Now, he, d- he ended up deleting the tweet yesterday. And I, I just think it's lame. Like, hey, listen, I, I guess in the end, if the fans want to boo him, that's fine. Player, you know, the players have the reason 
the steroids got so out of control in baseball is because the players and the owners did nothing to stop it. They didn't want to stop it. And then all of a sudden, they kind of had their hand forced a little bit by the idiots in Congress. And and that's both sides. There's plenty of idiots there. I'm not being uh, one side or the other. We've got a whole lot of idiots in there. Um, and even that was a joke. That whole Roger, the, those hearings were so stupid. Roger Clemens lying his ass off. But you know what? Roger Clemens was a great player. And so was Bonds. And so anyway, I, I just, this, there was something about it, about this, like, Cade McClure, you gave up a home run. Don't be a bitter ass. You gave up a home run. You can call the guy a cheater. Have you ever done anything? I better hope he never took steroids because I find out he did. He's going to look like a real ass. Anyway, I don't know why that rubbed me the wrong way because I'm no Fernando Tessi supporter, and I'm not even really a supporter of guys taking steroids. I think it's kind of lame, but I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of over it. I just I really don't care anymore. I just don't care if they if guys take steroids. I'm not hung up on it. It seems like we care about it in baseball, but in other sports we don't. Guys get busted for steroids in the NFL every once in a blue moon in the NBA. Nobody cares. Nobody ever cares about it. Doesn't taint their careers. In baseball, it does. Why did it taint David Ortiz's career? Why do Yankee fans think Andy Pettit should be in the Hall of Fame? By the way, even without steroids, Andy Pettit's not a Hall of Famer. I know he won a lot of playoff games. Well, he started a lot of playoff games. He was a good pitcher. Andy Pettit was never great. Uh, the only way you could argue that Andy Pettit was great is if you're a biased, completely biased fan. He was never great. He never pitched like a Hall of Famer. He was a good pitcher. Hell of a pitcher. But you can't be, and to me, Andy Pettit's not even borderline, but you can't be a borderline player and make the hole when he took steroids. I don't even think he's borderline. If you're going to make the hole in steroids, to me, you got to have better way over the line. I think the stars have, and they're not in, and the whole thing's a mess. All right, that's it, folks. Enjoy your weekend. Hope you all have a great uh, Friday, great Saturday, great Sunday. A lot of exciting things happening this weekend. The NBA playoffs start next week. We'll look forward to that. Some real basketball. Uh, The NHL playoffs around. When do the NHL playoffs start there, Monzo? That's got to be coming up, right? Yeah, about a week and a half. The NHL season is actually longer calendar-wise than even the NBA, right? Doesn't it start earlier and end about the same time? Yeah, Yeah, early October. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks longer. Man, the NHL season is so long. What's the uh, Connor McDavid? No, is Connor McDavid the great the, the great player? Yes, yes, it's Connor McDavid. He's so frustrated that I don't know anything about hockey. What's funny is when I was younger, I did know a little hockey, but man, I don't know. It's so off the radar. I feel bad. I, I don't. I actually like hockey. I like going to hockey games. Is the best. I love going to baseball, but hockey is really fun to go to. Whatever level, like I've been in a lot of. Minor league hockey games here in Cleveland. I've gone to, I've called a lot of college hockey games in my early career. It's fun going to hockey. It's not as good a TV sport. Um, it's so much better in person. It's the it's really the only sport that's way better in person than on TV. Like football is better on TV. Baseball is about even. NBA is about if if you have great seats for the NBA, it's better in person. Like if you're on the court. But for the most part, it's better on TV. But hockey, even though it's better now, now that we have high def and all that stuff, now hockey's better. 
but uh, it's definitely better in person than TV. Would you not agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I like watching the games on TV. I think there's, I know I sound biased, I'm a huge hockey yeah. fan. I think there's nothing like Stanley Cup playoff hockey. It, that's true. I do I do check in on the playoffs, but I don't know the players anymore. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll learn this. You know what's funny? When hockey was on ESPN. Well, it's on now. No, I know it is now. But when it used to be on ESPN, at that time I was single. I didn't have a kid. And so... I would watch more like sports that I like that I wasn't diehard for. So I'd watch more college basketball and I'd watch more hockey. And then as soon as it left ESPN and then I got married and then I had a kid and, and, you know, and then it just, it it didn't make the cut for me. So I don't know the players, but it is Connor McDavid is the guy who's got all the, like the absurd stats this year, right? 62 goals, 84 assists. I mean, those are like Gretzky like numbers. And who is like, who's second in goals in the league? Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who's also on the Oilers. David Pasternak, who's on the Bruins. How many goals do they have? Like, uh, I think uh, Dreisaitl, I think, hit 50. Okay. Uh, those guys are closing in on 50. Okay. Uh, and, so those, and that's good number. That's awesome numbers right there. But yeah, 62 but, and 84 is absurd. It's a, you don't see it anymore. What's the most ever? Gretzky had, Gretzky most of- had 92 goals in a season. Oh, my God. But the funny part about Gretzky was yeah. he also had – his career high is 163 assists in a season. Oh, my God. So, he had a 215-point season. So, I mean, his numbers are That's, so far. So, McDavid, as good as he is, he's not even close to that. It's the cl- I mean, it's the closest I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. Lemieux had a couple of really good years. Right, Yacht, right, right. But yeah. what McDavid's doing now is what it must have been like when Gretzky was so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going to happen in two years if he, if he stays healthy yeah. is Ovechkin is going to break Gretzky's all-time regular season goal, goal score. How right? old is he now? 37. Who was the guy? Was it Yager that played like into his mid-40s? He's still playing in like Russia. Or oh, is Czech he? Republic. Yeah. He's got to be close he, to 50, no? He's, I think he's over 50. Oh, my God. That's wild. 50-51. Uh, I know he's like the owner of a team. I think he plays as well. But Oh, wow. He's awesome. He was all great. Right. All right, there you My go. Ranger of all time is Jeremy Yager. Not Mark Messier? Yager. Messier is obviously one of the favorites. Yeah, to yeah. me, Yager brought the Rangers out of the oblivion. The Rangers were in the oblivion. Yeah. They brought Yager in, yeah. and he brought them out of the oblivion, you know? So it was. Now, obviously, Messier brought them the Stanley Cup, but I that's mean, that's. Right. Which was a momentous moment in the city. This will, be, this will be the most hockey talk on the bullpen. I know. Look at that. We're getting some analysis here. All right. That's going to do it for us, Monzo. Good job, as always. Uh, working on some guests for next week, by the way. Aditi Kinkabwala, I think, will be on next week. We're I, we're working to finalize the time that we're doing it, So, uh, and maybe some other things as well. Um, so that's going to do it for now. Everybody check out Bet Rivers, the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I know, I know I, as much as I don't like the Masters, Mike loves the Masters. And Mike, I believe, did a preview, a Masters preview. There is a there is a Masters preview, and there will be an interview with Brandel Chamblay on the Bet Rivers Network See, as well. So you know, Mike's got that golf money, unlike me. So Mike and Mike knows golf, and he knows everybody. So if you really, if you don't want to hear you know, me crap on golf, and you're actually interested in golf, listen to Mike's podcast. There's and plenty as, of options to get your golf talk. That's right, exactly. All right, I'll talk to you all on Monday. Where else? But right here. 
in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.